Hey there, awesome business owners. Are you finding it hard to grow your business while you're so busy working in it? Are you trying to transform what you have into something you and your family can be really proud of? Is it time to accelerate your financial success? If that sounds like you, then welcome to the Business Growth Gurus, the podcast for business owners who are ready to do less, earn more, and spend more time doing the other things they love. In less than 20 minutes, the Hendry Group business experts share practical and powerful tactics that you can implement into your business straight away. Let's go. Well, hello there, savvy business owners. It's great to be back with you for the Business Growth Gurus podcast. You may know me by now. My name's Kaz Hendry, and I'm the host of the podcast. I'm also a business growth advisor at the Hendry Group. I'm also an international speaker and a best-selling author. Just needed to pop those in as well. Really want to make sure, as always, that you get the most out of today. So grab a pen and paper because we've got a lot to get through. Of course, if you're in the car, please don't worry about the pen and paper. Maybe go back to it later. Um, But let's jump into today's podcast. I'm really excited today because I have another one of our business growth gurus with us, and he's actually my brother. And as well as being my brother, Dean Hendry is also our personal tax income expert at the Hendry Group. So hello, Dean, and welcome. Thank you, Kaz. A long-time listener and first-time podcaster, so please be gentle. Okay, Dean. So one of the things that, you know, you're our personal tax expert, one of the things that can get really confusing for people is what tax year is it actually? Because the year is 2019, but that's not the tax year, is it? Now, the tax year that we're talking about is 2019. The year we're in is 2020. So yeah, already confusing. Okay, all right. <laughs> so for all your business owners out there, it's 2019 or 2020, one or the other, whichever you want it to be. We'll know what you're talking about. That's, that's <laughs> right, exactly. All right, so right now you are in the thick of tax season and, you know, I'm feeling for you. I love uh, walking out the door while you're still there at, at <laughs> night working well into the evening, uh, but you'll have your, um, your your revenge later on as things get a little bit easier maybe in a few months' time. So what's the big hitter this year? What are people most excited about if they're excited about anything to do with tax? Yeah, okay, well, this year the big hitter is the new low and middle income tax offset, um, which essentially is an offset for just that. Low income uh, is considered to be less than Mm -hmm. $37,000. You're earning less than $37,000, you're entitled to a $255 rebate. The big hitter though is that if you are earning between $48,000 and $90,000, you're entitled to $1,080 in rebated tax. Nice. Outside of those figures, uh, so if you're earning between 37 and 48, you'll get some portion of that $1,080. Mm-hmm. And if you're earning between $90,000 and $126,000, again, you'll get some portion of that rebate. Okay. Um, beyond $126,000, no rebate. Okay. So it's all over Red Rover once you hit $126,000. I've got a question for you on that then because what I'm noticing there is you've, you're entitled to less of a rebate if you earn less money, Correct. the more money you get, a bit of a higher rebate. Historically, that hasn't seemed to be the way um, the way things work. Look, historically, the, the low-income rebate has always been there. Ah, yes. Um, so this is really a new add-on to the low-income rebate, including the middle income. 
that makes complete sense. All right, thank you for clearing that up for sure. me. So really what it is then is a handy little gift from the government. And, you know, we all love that. Uh, it's not often we get a gift from the government, but I bet that it's made you busy earlier than expected this year. Sure has. It's been flooding it. All right, so that's great about the tax offset, but I'm no psychic, but I'm tipping that there's a pretty common theme when people come in to see you to get their tax return done. Would I be correct in suggesting that they all want to know, what can I claim? Yeah, look, that, funnily enough, is a very common question that <laughs> I get this time of year. Uh, look, in most cases, uh, if you've got a connection between your expense that you've incurred and the taxable income you generate from the expense, then likely you're going to get a tax deduction for it. Um, with that said, what I'd really like to talk about, and I guess highlight, is the substantiation, uh, or for want of a better word, um, proof proof of the deduction. Okay, so I'm gathering that what you're talking about there is proof that that cost has actually been incurred. And it's interesting that you say that because I was talking to somebody last week and they were telling me about a friend, it's always a friend, of course, a friend who in their group of mates, they actually pass around and share their receipts. And I was trying to explain that I don't think that's going to wash anymore. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because the government's getting really clever on this. They are getting very clever. And uh, look, that situation's not unheard of. I have come across it before. I've often thought maybe I should mark these receipts as I'm going through them. You see if they come back again. again. Um, Yeah, so that that does happen. And you're exactly right. It's all about uh, proving you have incurred the cost. Um, Look, let me tell you why it's it's so important in in today's environment to, to make sure you get this right. Over the last 10 years or so, the ATO has been really uh, hell-bent and set their their resources to collecting income data. Um, banks now send through their, their interest at lightning speed. Uh, the share registries are share, uh, sharing dividend information with the ATO. Um, titles are being matched for, uh, for taxpayers that have sold shares or properties mm-hmm. um, for the purpose of uh, capital gains tax. Um, sole traders now uh, having their contract income being reported to the ATO by the, the people they're contracting to. So businesses are having to report on subcontractors now, which is something they haven't. It's only been of recent history. Well, how did they used to do it then? It used to be that the, uh, the sole trader would report their income if it didn't stack up with the ATO, um, then under audit. Okay, so it's kind of like if I get caught, whereas now what you're saying is there's no chance, it just goes straight through. There's no running the Gorton anymore, the ATO, no. Look, to the the point where this year um, with single-touch payroll. Well, I know about single-touch payroll as a business advisor. That's one I'm familiar with. All business uh, business knows about single-touch payroll because it's uh, it's law now uh, that when you pay your your wages income to your to your employees, that information is piped through directly to the ATO. They get a live feed of that, so they know what your income's going to be. Okay, wow. Um, so, little brother, I have a question for you about big brother. <laughs> Sorry, I had to slip that in somewhere. So, is it fair to say that big brother is no longer watching us? He just simply knows. Yeah, very much so. Uh, big brother is very comfortable that he is. 
far more access now than ever before uh, with regards to our income. Okay. Um, sorry, I just got this picture of Big Brother sitting back in a lazy boy enjoy, enjoying a little soft drink or something like that. But I'm tipping you mean he's comfortable that he's got all the information on income. That's right. He's not sitting back. He's getting now on the front foot in another area. Okay, go big brother. Uh, So why is now particularly an important time to get that substantiation or that proof right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, thanks, Kaz. Yeah, that was where I was heading. Um, (laughs) I thought that might be where we were going. (laughs) Seems seemed uh, quite right. I was getting stuck in the conversation. Uh, Look, it's important because the ATO seemed to be now making that shift where it was concentrating on the uh, the income. It is now... Uh, putting more of its resource to making sure that we're getting our deductions correct on our tax returns. Okay. So one of the things that um, I hear people say all the time is that, uh, you know, the, the tax man's not going to worry about me. I'm just, I'm too small. I'm just a little man. They're not going to bother with me. But I've kind of always thought that it's pretty much the complete opposite. What's your take on that? Yeah, really, it is It is the complete opposite because little old me is often part of a big old pool. Um, So if one person's, uh, I guess, tweaking or trying to get away with a certain thing, uh, more often than not, there's plenty of other people doing the same thing. Uh, So it's it's quite easy for the ATA to to recognise that that's an area where they need to look and they'll pull you together and they'll look en masse. Okay. And and it's a big money spinner for them. Look, I've got an example that we can talk about later on. I'm sure the listeners have heard about the ATA targeting uniform expenses, which you know, on a tax return, it's a pretty beige part of the tax return. It's a small area, um, low income deductions, but on mass, uh, we're talking millions of dollars. Oh, that would be perfect if we could talk about that because that's exactly what I was just about to ask you about. And just want to say, by the way, no beige uniforms. Okay, Okay, Dean. So call me naive and actually I know you have called me naive in the past so it's not not a big stretch I think uber nerd was the one when we were growing up wasn't that was it the run with yep thank you um and actually when we were growing up I think you still called it to me a few months ago but anyway I call me naive but I actually thought you always had to be able to prove your deductions yeah well look naive it has been um <laughs> historically and given our tax systems are based on self-reporting, the ATO has only had limited information as to what it is we're claiming. Um, This year changes that. The ATO has upgraded the format they use to lodge, that we use to lodge the tax returns. Um, And by that, they're adding line by line information to notify exactly what it is we're claiming. So that must be annoying for you then now having to do that line by line? Look, it's really not. We've been doing line by line uh, for years now, just as a self-reporting, uh, so we know what we're claiming from year to year. Uh, the difference is the ATO are actually going to see those lines and, and the narratives in them. So how does that differ from from what it was then? If you're if you were already doing this, now the ATO can see it. Can you just paint a bit of a picture there? Yeah. Well, look. In terms of tax deductions and employment-related tax deductions, there's really only five areas on a tax return where you claim those expenses. They are motor vehicle expenses, uh, travel expenses, uniform expenses, self-education, and then the big one, which is all other expenses. Okay, so just one big other. Yep. If you don't fit into the top four, then 
put it in here at D5, which is the the reference code for the ATO. Oh, you, I've always wondered what you guys were talking about when you talked about D5. It's D5. not like a jukebox reference. I was thinking, you know, like a son, please play D5. I don't know. Anyway. It's the dumping ground of, uh, of your of Dumping ground. Okay. Okay. Now, in the, in the past, when we lodge a tax return for a client, um, at the ATO's end, what they would see is D5 and the whole figure, the total figure you're claiming at that item. Going forward with the new format, they're going to see a breakdown, line by line breakdown of what's included in that in that uh, item. Okay, and so what if something looks a bit squiffy? Hey, look, it will it will ring an alarm bell with the ATO. They um, what they will be doing is benchmarking benchmarking, pardon me, um, industry codes when we prepare a tax return. Every employee will know that they are putting in an occupation code, yep. okay, describes their occupation. At D5 now, they'll be able to see what people are claiming against what the norm is for that occupation. Oh, so like your, your benchmarking is kind of Correct. like averaging. Absolutely. All right, and so if something is outside the average, what will happen then? If, if Because, you know, that might happen, yep. that you're outside the average by just the fact that it's an average. There Look, has to be an outside the average. A- absolutely. There's nothing wrong with operating outside of benchmarks. Uh, if you are, you will want to make sure that your substantiation is uh, bulletproof. Okay, so the ATO might just red flag that and say, okay, come back. Was that what you were showing us at the meeting the other week where there was somebody got a form that they had to fill out to be able to substantiate it because that form was that was it's fairly, extensive. It is extensive, and I guess the the take from that particular scenario was that that uh, instance was all about motor vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay, the motor vehicle claim is higher than what it should be given the occupation code, but this particular client had other expenses plus a rental property, uh, and so the review mm-hmm. meant he had to prove. All of it. Oh, okay. So you get picked up on one, you have to substantiate it all. Correct. All right. That's actually really handy for listeners to know. Thanks very much for explaining that. Again, wow. Uh, Really sounds like the ATO are going to become a lot more active in this area of of reviews moving forward then. Yeah, look, it is without a doubt. Uh, And gone are the days of a group of trained monkeys sifting through data that is going to catch these things. Um, They'll have really strong algorithms in play. To pick up inconsistencies and, they, and look they're not just out to catch bad guys doing fraudulent things on their tax returns well, they're also hoping to address the problems where people are simply making mistakes in what they believe is deductible okay so just hang on for a second i want to clarify because we may lose a few listeners here are you yep. saying that the ato want to help us definitely not helping us uh they are revenue raising okay uh, yep but they are also addressing the fact that people are getting it wrong Okay. okay. And they're picking on an area they know taxpayers are getting it wrong. Okay. So can you give us an example? Yeah, look, okay. So a strong message out of the ATO this year, um, and you probably heard it broadcast by TV, interviews and, and on radio, uh, that, that they believe the public are, are largely overclaiming uniform expenses. So what, to explain to me overclaiming, because I would have thought it's pretty clear, you buy a work uniform, you keep your receipts, you claim it. Yeah, look, it sounds really simple, and I think that is the problem. Uh, Taxpayers are getting it wrong. Uh, They're either buying conventional clothing that they only use for work purposes and applying that logic to their claim, or they're claiming for uniforms that, actual uniforms that are not eligible for a claim. Sorry, hang on a minute, you've got me there. 
So this is an actual uniform, not something I've just bought at yep. Maya, an actual uniform. So what does an ineligible uniform look like then? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a really easy mistake to make. Uh, you, you bought a uniform, uh, you're wearing that uniform, uh, and it's not eligible. And the ATA know it's an easy mistake, so that's why they're concentrating. Uh, um, low-hanging fruit. Yeah, absolutely. They, it, look, you can't blame them. They know there's a mistake there. They've got to correct it. Um, and raise revenue at the same time. All right, <laughs> Let's so, not forget that. So what does it need? So how can a uniform be eligible then? Yep. Look, for a uniform to be tax deductible, it has to be one of three things. It's either got to be compulsory, that is your employer's written it into their dress code policy and require you to wear that uniform. Okay. And it, does that uniform have to have the logo or something like that on it? Yeah, look, traditionally it does. Okay. Yeah, embroidered logo and branding and now, if it's not compulsory, okay, we're talking about branded uniform, logos all over it, marketing messages all over it, um, but not compulsory, uh, that uniform to be tax deductible has to be registered with Oz Industry. Now, I've looked at Oz Industry and what's involved in registering a uniform. I can't imagine too many employers are doing it. There's a few hoops, quite a few hoops that you've got to jump through and it'd be easier just to write it into your dress policy. Okay. And so what's the third area? Third area is a strange one. You don't see it very often. Actually, in 20 years of preparing tax returns, I haven't used it once. It's, mm. uh, it's occupation specific. And by that, it means uh, the old nun and their funny little hat. Oh, the habits. Remember the you know, yes, flying yeah, nun? Yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, or uh, uh, nurses... The pointy hat that they oh, the used little to have Florence to wear. Nightingale hat. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So those and the cape. As I said, twenty years. I've never used it once, so it doesn't. It rarely comes up. So to be really, really clear here, if I'm wearing my company's branded clothing with their logo and marketing messages embroidered on it, if this isn't compulsory and it's not registered, it's not deductible, Karen. Okay. Okay, well, I'm not an accountant, but I've been around accountants my whole life and I own, own an accounting practice. That still actually surprises me. Yeah, and look, you're not alone in your thinking, Kaz. Uh, the ATO know this and, and that's why they're looking so closely uh, at it this year. Individually, we're not talking a lot of money in terms of uh, an item on your tax return. The uniform expenses is not a big ticket item on a tax return, okay? But across the country, we're talking millions of dollars in lost revenue. Okay, They're that motivated. makes sense. Yep, yep. That's actually great information for our listeners who employ people. So most of our listeners are, are business owners, obviously, yep. and a lot of them may have employees that are wearing what essentially are uniforms, so branded clothing. They probably need to tell their uh, employees that the only way that the uniform will be tax deductible is if it's compulsory or if it's registered. Absolutely. And look, to be honest with you, not too many of your business clients are going to register their uniform. Okay. Too many hoops. Yeah. So I can, oh, seriously, I can understand why so many people are getting this wrong. Absolutely. So it's, it's a tricky thing. The logic doesn't prevail. Uh, but while the message is to get the claim right, it's also to ensure that you substantiate your claim. So we're back to that proving it again. Absolutely. You, you may have a compulsory uniform. It's written into the dress policy. Um, you may be entitled to the claim, but in this environment where the ATO are looking more closely, a lot more closely, uh, you have to keep your substantiation accurate and safe. Uh, the, the last thing you want is to make your claim that you're entitled to and have it knocked back because you don't have the substantiation to claim it. 
So, Dean, we're just about out of time. But the obvious question is, what sort of substantiation do we need to keep for different expenses we claim on our, re- our returns? Are we going to be back to handing you a box of re- a shoe box of receipts? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I still, funnily enough, have that. Oh no! I often turn around <laughs> and say no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring them back later. Uh, look, yeah, that could honestly be a whole other podcast altogether. I guess the uh, in the first instance, keep your receipts. Okay. Uh, I don't care what you've heard or what particular ruling might be in play that suggests you don't need to keep receipts. Mm. I say keep them. Okay, There's no harm in keeping them uh, and we decide whether or not you throw them away at the end of the day. On top of that, I've put together a comprehensive guide as to uh, what records and how to substantiate the claims you've made, uh, what you might need to keep a diary for, expenses you might need to substantiate beyond the five years that uh, that's normally in play. Could we put a link to that in our show notes? Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm also happy if anyone wants to shoot an email across to support at hendry.com.au, we can, um, we can send a copy of that guide through uh, ASAP. Fantastic. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. We'll, we'll pop those on. All right, Dean. So my take from all of this, I've been writing down my notes. So the ATO has really turned its eye from income to deductible expenses. And with that, we need to be sure about what we can claim and be vigilant with our supporting evidence to the expense. Have I got it right? That's excellent, Karen. I truly believe you've been listening. Well done. It's honestly, it's been fantastic. A great heads up with the ATO changing the game and the need to keep on top of our record keeping. So thank you again. It's It's been great. Pleasure. Enjoyed it. Great. And we'll be back again next week with the Business Growth Gurus podcast. I haven't decided what we're going to be talking about yet, but I can promise you two things. One, it will be about growing your business. And two, it'll be fantastic. All right. Well, that's me for this week. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye. Did today's show resonate with you? If it did, we've got some sneaky extras for you. Make sure you subscribe to the show to get regular free strategies to grow your business. And check out the show notes below the podcast for a full transcript of the show, as well as any bonus material and special offers. You can find us on Facebook or at hendry.com.au. We'd love you to share the podcast with other business owners who want practical and powerful tactics to grow their business.